Broadcasting from Matape National Monument in Rapid City, South Dakota, it is the Mount Rushmore Podcast. Woohoo! Oh, yeah! Woohoo! And the reason we're selling morning drive time disc jockeys is because we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right, I'm here. I'm in the, tra- the traffic copter. He's in the traffic copter. That's my good friend Michael. Howdy. And uh, down on the scene of the giveaway outside the music store with the tickets to the concert is Richard. Richard. All right, we're giving out tickets to the first 12 callers <laughs> who can answer this question about Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right. God, I hate this episode. I hate, I hate us already. I hate us already. Already. So, uh, in case you didn't know, by the uh, uh, completely improvised, unscripted opening that we just did, uh, our topic this episode is the Mount Rushmore of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snubs, which was chosen by Richard for what reason? Well, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies are coming up, mm-hmm. I think, this week? Question d- mark? But I think that's right. I think it's uh, kind of a, yes, it is this week, but I think it's also like, I wish it was a surprise. I think they should just gather gather all rock bands together oh, yeah. in one room and then let's see who's going to get on stage. Like the with. Oscars? Kind of like that? A little bit, but yeah. like, you know, all of them. And the nominees are Modest Mouse and Anya <laughs> and Aerosmith. Let's see who's going And I'm, I've always been fascinated with the concept of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, I love the idea. The implementation is sometimes a little dicey. Yeah. Um, although they got a lot of stuff right this year. They got they got uh, the Cure going in. Hell yeah! They got uh, Roxy Music going in. Mm-hmm. Well, so they 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 righted some wrongs here, but there's mm-hmm. plenty of wrongs still to write. Yeah. Um, we're going to do that. I love the idea that <laughs> we're I, doing that. We're Plus. doing it. We're writing them. <laughs> writing them right here. Um, I hope they. Pl- I hope this podcast goes into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to them and see what happens. In we overdub some envelope. better a better podcast. <laughs> um, I love the idea that, like, unlike a sports Hall of Fame where you can have debates because, oh, this guy hit three twenty, but he only didn't only had one hundred twelve home runs, and you can have all this different like stats and factual based debates. Mm-hmm. This is just primarily your opinion, man. Yeah. Hmm. It seems oh, it's not based on Billboard or no, box? no, no, no. It's no. not be- not really based on that. I mean, their actual uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, their uh, selection process, selection process, and and what the criteria that they use. They include like influence. How okay. influential were you? How important was your music? Mm-hmm. I mean, to some extent, yes, popularity matters. I mean, Bon Jovi's in the freaking Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame, so. Um, Roxy Music impacted shoulder pad sales for many years afterwards. And boas. And boas. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, so I'm just sort of, in, I'm interested in it from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this is not, here are my four favorite bands who are in the, aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sure. I didn't really go that route. Oh, I kind of did. Kind of did. That's fine. Um, because there are a lot of bands that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that I agree deserve to be there, but I don't like. Like, I don't like oh. the doors. We've d- established yeah. this quite vociferously on the podcast in the past. They absolutely deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for their what they meant for their era and how influential they were. Hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't I would argue they deserve to be in there, but you're not going to catch me listening to door songs. Uh, I I've always found the idea of any sort of Hall of Fame just kind of weird. Like with sports, like you said, it's based on statistics and it's based on impact of the game and titles won in whatever various sport but at the same time it's like voted on by like writers and they you know ultimately they decide well this person may have been on peds 
And so they're never allowed oh. to go in. And it's just like – and then they kind of drop it for some people. It depends on their persona. It depends on kind of their, quote, off-the-field behavior. You don't really have that with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're like well, a, it's, true, it's, a true rock and roller has bad off-the-stage yeah. um, acts that they've done. They don't have to be role models. They, yeah, yeah they, it is purely based on, oh, did they make – good music did they rock your face but also the i i think what's strange about the rock and roll hall of fame is the length of time that they put in to say you have to wait a quarter of a century for us to even consider you Mm -hmm. which is a long time like other sports hall of fames it's like five years no it's like your career is done we can we can review what you've done in that shorter period of time but with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is like, we need to wait until you're almost dead. Yeah, like mm-hmm. 25 years is a long time to evaluate a career. Yeah. When I think some of my choices, I think are very obvious. They've all made big impacts, and they made a big impact immediately. And you got to wait a quarter of a century <laughs> to be like, now you're deserving. I would also imagine the artist who could profit from the accolade would not want to wait 25 years either if there was some kind of residual that they get a victory lap tour that they get to go mm. on or something like That's that. That's pretty much Cheap Trick. That's Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick yeah. pretty much is, is, is living on oh, the, yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They were inducted a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I, they, they like campaigned for it. They're one of the few bands that I, I've really seen that were, oh, were I got really the mailer. craving about it. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the skywriting. Oh, he did? Good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and that does make me think of one thing, though, is that when you are making music, when one is young, you're a bit more um, idealized in thought. You are a bit more maybe punk rock. If someone five years later was to say, hey, I'm I'm in Cleveland and I want to put you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm sure there would be a lot more middle fingers and yeah. uh, I don't need this corporate bullshit. You add 25 years to kind of mellow out and be like, yeah, man, I'm here with – the Beatles, or I'm here with Eric Clapton, and I'm mm-hmm. now I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Ramones are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, but would the Ramones be in if they were voted in in 1982? Yeah, if it was like such a, sh- I mean, it didn't exist. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame didn't exist for, until what 85, 86, something, something like that. I didn't do any research. I did a little bit. Okay, but like, good job, guys. But like, it didn't like that level of. Being within the scene, I'm sure, would have prevented them from being like, oh, I want to be, I'm okay with being recognized. Yeah. All right. Uh, Richard chose it. Michael, kick it off. Uh, Nine Inch Nails. All right. Who, um, it's not like they have a long period of having been snubbed. It's something like five years. Their eligibility was like five years ago. Their first album um, was uh, Pretty Hate Machine. Pretty Hate Machine in 1989. Also on my list, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Oh, Oh, great. All right. And so, but they have been, I mean, I say they, it's Trent Reznor plus a cadre. Atticus, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Atticus Ross. Yeah. Um, It's basically Trent Reznor and him plus some people who have toured with him Mm -hmm. are Nine Inch Nails. It's him. It's him recording everything in his studio. Um, But I think that he had such an interesting voice from the get-go and continue to kind of push 
music forward from a certain point of view in terms of sampling, in terms of layering. I, you know, there wouldn't be, I don't think, maybe you could argue that like a band like Kraftwerk was more influential, but like the way that he, the sound that he pushed at the time in 89 and even forward into the early 90s, it didn't sound like anything else. It's not like the big grunge movement that came out of the early 90s sounded anything like mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails, but Nine Inch Nails was played alongside Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Weezer. Like you, you could hear that with the other bigger, bigger names of that time. And you know, he's continued to make music for the past thirty years. Scores, right? And he is a prolific musician. And um, like, I, I don't know what the process. I don't know why they wouldn't have voted him in. It's strange. I don't know. Maybe he's somebody just rubs some people the wrong way. The actual selection committee is like this mix of musicians plus um, uh, rock uh, journalists and mm. critics and what have you. So I don't really know the specifics behind that. Don't know. Um, you know, what I what, what I have down on them is basically they may not have been the first industrial band. Yeah. But they were the one that broke through, like you said. Yeah. I mean, you, like ministry, mm-hmm. incredibly foundationally important. Um, but we're never, and it had a couple of like songs that crossed over a little bit, but we're never, they weren't on MTV 24 hours a day, like Nine Inch Nails was at their peak. They never broke through on, on K-Rock here in Los Angeles or, you know, they, they weren't a band that most, that, that most people who are just sort of average music fans know. Mm -hmm. If you know an industrial band, you know, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. The. He was, uh, Trent was being interviewed on a soundtrack podcast about his work on the social network. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the era in which Zuckerberg was probably cooking up Facebook, uh, which is portrayed in that film, I think of the, of Nine Inch Nails as something that would have been cranking on college campuses still at that time and still relevant oh, sure. to, to young people. So in a way, it almost felt like his music, his uh, album music was a soundtrack for that era, and now his uh, kind of industrial wedded score is a soundtrack for that movie that's about that era. Um, and it also speaks to some of the uh, seething, insidious stuff that is sitting beneath the edge while here uh, this person is putting together uh, an application that's supposed to bring people together and connect people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a very divisive music that's that's going on. And without, like, Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor, you wouldn't have Marilyn Manson, and then you wouldn't have, like, uh, all the talk shows that had all the kids on that were the Jenny Joneses yeah. of the world. <laughs> all the Marilyn Manson. And Manson's. all of the, yes. the Marilyn Manson kids coming on, you know, all the different people dressed up in the makeovers. Yeah. Today we have a goat. It's goth. <laughs> oh, sorry, I messed it up. Today we have a goat. So, so what you're suggesting is that you can draw a straight line from Nine Inch Nails to uh, Insane Clown Posse? Mm, mm-hmm. I'm starting to rethink my choice <laughs> right now. Maybe. Maybe they were right. Let's, let's see when Insane Clown Posse's first album is. Yeah, let's then... see if they're eligible <laughs> and then see what happens. Okay, so we both chose Nine Inch Nails. Richard's uh, second choice is... Is a band that Michael mentioned, uh, Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk, the fathers of electronic music. Kraut um, uh, rock, the German kraut rock, kraut, kraut rock, rock. Um, superstars. Um, you really wouldn't have had new wave or industrial or electro dance, or probably even hip hop, 
I mean, African Bombada sampled craft work very early on in their their careers. You know, you wouldn't have had any 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 sort of electronic based music. Yeah, you can draw a direct line to craft work. Um, you know, they do you st- think they're a band that isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Do you think because it's like uh, you must pronounce a craft book, and then everyone's like it's craft work, and they're like. We do not accept. We will not come into your hall of fame. Hall of fame. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, they had this real robot pop type of sensibility to them. You know, I owned a couple of albums growing up. You know, Audubon, I had Tour de France was another one, which is a little bit more commercially oriented. Um, but they also they had a presentation as well. They're very much of a piece of a Devo. Yeah. Where the presentation of what they had was, I think, as important as yeah. the music. See Daft Daft Punk being not the first people to act and dress like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much any more, and pretty much you know, Kraftwerk mm. has a uh, has a, you know they had mannequins to do all their like like photo shoots and everything like mm-hmm. that. I mean, it was a very much a conceptualized thing. They made their own instruments and and synthesizers and vocoders and things like that. I know one of the I can't remember. There's like two main guys, and one of them talked about how it was hard for them to tour in the United States because they tried to bring all these homemade instruments over and they couldn't get them through customs That's because funny. people thought they were like bombs and bomb making devices oh, and things wow. like that. Um, but the whole like idea of having these simple melodies and these sort of uh, rhythms that kind of repeat for like nine, 10 minutes in a row. You know, that's something that I'll, you mentioned Daft Punk. I mean, I could just go through a list of bands and they were never commercially successful. Yeah. Um, but when I think about being influential in, you know, in their time and then mm-hmm. these bands today, and the, the, these were albums that came out in the 70s that still today, you know, mention them as, a, as an influence and, you know, the bands that they influenced influenced them. It's just super foundational. And I, part of me with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame says, can you tell the story of rock and roll without oh. talking about this band? Mm-hmm. And I think it would be hard to tell a really detailed story of rock, hmm. especially where we're at today with electronic music being so big without I thought work. about this in the opening, and that is what always bothered me about rock and roll as a label is it is it is purposefully expansive because it's always fighting off other genres. Right. Like if you would have said rock and roll and hip hop were going to be sharing any artists in their hall of fame you know, 20 years ago, I would say you're wrong because that's not what rock and roll is to these people. Right. So I think it's right now rock and roll, I think it's described as kind of like young people's music or something like yeah, that. I yeah. I think it's whatever young people were listening to at the time. Probably. That's not country. That's not country. Or you classic. Yeah. Country yeah. That are, yeah. And there, I mean, Janet Jackson is being inducted this year and I was listening Sirius has a rock and roll hall of fame station. So some Janet Jackson songs came up. And I was like, whoa, A, those are really good. I'd yeah. forgotten how good Janet Jackson yeah. was. And then B, there were a lot of rock elements hmm. to those, like, nasty and... and oh, yeah, Rhythm, Rhythm Nation 1814 was, like, there's a lot of, guitar, like, electric guitar yeah, so, on, like, a kind of pop R&B-ish so what crossover do you, album. What do you call that? Is yeah. that rock and roll? Is it not? I don't... I don't. I you guess kind of have to throw your hands up at if, that one. Yeah. What, well, what's... what? is interesting is you you mentioned uh, Nine Inch Nails as your first choice and then Kraftwerk and I think Kraftwerk and I think of uh, Gary Newman when I was a kid was the first thing that was like 
uh, new wave or punk that I could kind of wrap my brain around. Right. And he just performed on stage doing cars with Nine Inch Nails. Mm. So I don't know if he was kind of a through line for for, I for think them. That, I think that they were. He was definitely influenced by 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 Kraftwerk. Um, fun fact about Cars: that was actually the song that Prince and the Revolution used to play as their warm up song. Oh, is that right? Like they're doing sound checks and stuff like that. That is hard to believe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's funny you talk about you mentioned like through lines, and you look at like the first list of. The first artists that were inducted into yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it just reads as like pure rock and roll. It's Elvis Presley, it's Jerry Lee Lewis, it's like the Beatles. Not no, they were they even, were not they technically they were like a year. They weren't eligible. For they a weren't year, right? eligible. Wow. Which is also one of those weird like someone made a weird technicality and then they didn't really plan the timing yeah. of it, and it's like oh, the Beatles aren't on here, and like. Oh no, man! That was 1963 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just missed the cut by one year. So, like the Beatles and um, like a bunch of Rolling others. Stones yeah, a bunch like of others yeah. were like it was just like something. this is this is a dumb mm-hmm. thought process. Yeah. But the I guess the point is is that I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame really started out as very traditional rock and roll, and as music has changed, I think it has enveloped other. Um, styles and genres and like yeah. rap and hip hop and I don't know if there's any like major country I'm sure there are major country stars that are also in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know too. Johnny Cash is. Mm-hmm. I believe. It's so the one thing that <laughs> we're off on a tangent. The one thing that bothers me about like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is like when people are inducted for three different things. Oh. It's like when you're in there with like one band and then you're in there as a solo artist. Oh, yeah. It's like like man, Neil Young, like Neil Young's in there, I think three times. If you're in there, aren't you just in? You're there? just like, in there, yeah. It's weird. Thank God yeah. Ringo's in there as a solo artist. By <laughs> yeah, me. yeah. Thank God. Uh, well, that's funny. What what the posture is? It's, what's interesting is I learned at one point that what makes an antique is something anything that's 25 years or older. So in oh. a way, it's just this kind of antique music or it's things that were formerly against an establishment and now this unfortunately the establishment has embraced them entirely good rule of thumb you'll know when you're old when the artist you are listening to is a kid or a teenager now in the rock and roll hall of fame yeah Yeah. good rule of thumb good rule of thumb okay so michael's second my second is i was looking it up and like on a technicality on my list she had the longest years of being snubbed at 17. Susan Lucci. Susan Lucci. Uh, Bjork. Oh, wow. Because she put out an album when she was 11. Oh, And I guess technically that would count. It was an album of like covers Mm -hmm. and kind of other traditional Icelandic songs. On the tale of her child performer fame. Yeah. Okay. But (laughs) had she come out of her chrysalis by that point? (laughs) I assume that's how she was born, not actually. On stage, she had to hatch The swan hadn't hatched. (laughs) But like, ultimately her, you know, she was in the sugar cubes for a few years, Mm -hmm. you know, in the late 80s. But her like, solo debut, debut, would also still count. Like from 1993, which Mm -hmm. is over 25 years. It would just I, I would expect that she'd be a someone that would be in that they'd put in in the next few years just because she is an interesting uh iconic yeah. sort of performer and singer and she just like her first few three or four albums were just like 
all amazing. I think mm-hmm. she kind of tailed off. I think she had a real downturn after she did that one Lars von Trier movie. Dancer in the Dark. Dancer in the Dark. Was it Lars von Trier? Yes. Where she was just like, it like destroyed her emotionally. Mm-hmm. And like her music kind of changed after that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, she's just a fascinating oh, yeah. singer, fascinating performer, very visual. A lot of my artists on here are are also very visual. I mean, craft work as well. Yeah. All very of an MTV sort of mm-hmm. era where it wasn't just the music, it was the images that went yeah. along with it. And Bjork is a singer that, you know, she's probably the most famous Icelandic person in the world. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I It doesn't feel like a major snub if you don't include her first album. It's okay. like it's kind of like if yeah, I don't know that feels a little weird, hmm. but um, it's like it's right on the edge for me. Like I could understand why she wouldn't be in there, but like it's like I would expect in the next few years if we kind of come back to this and re-record this, we're not going to do that. Everybody, don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, I don't know. I just I I find her a unique voice, especially and would be a unique person and unique music sensibility in the rock and roll hall of mm-hmm. fame. Like whatever wall that they put up that includes these people i don't i've never been have you guys ever been no no i've never been to cleveland like, yeah. i don't know what it's like inside if you just walk along a is there like a statue of her is there a bust is there just a wall i of think like, it was a ben and jerry's <laughs> ice cream and then they just turned you it into a rock you get flavor there's still like a some cones and things in her Sprinkles, some sprinkles over, over around the uh the uh i do wonder little it's it is funny though because like i do people wish it wasn't in Cleveland? Do, do people wonder like why why not Detroit? Why not? Yeah, you know New York. Why not Chicago? Why not somewhere else? Right now, or Alabama, or or Memphis, or next next it to Sun like Records. There was some sort of corporate or some sort yeah. of like civic skullduggery that went yeah. on. Some some bribes were passed out to get it in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bribes. It's uh, we're not beneath it. We're gonna pay you. Um, a big hug if you go on to iTunes, go on to Stitcher, go on to iHeartRadio, download, rate, and review previous episodes. Don't snub us. Yeah, hey, we're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. So listen to these acts. That's right. And then listen to us. Yeah. Although if you're already listening to us, fuck it, just, just listen. Just keep listening. Listen to some Bjork, listen to some Trent, uh, some Kraftwerk, and listen to some... Mount Rushmore podcast, and then rate and review. We'd appreciate it and share it with your friends. And then join us in a dialogue on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what topics you'd like to hear us address. Then voice your opinion about uh, previous episodes if you'd like. Suggest a a new episode. Previous uh, suggestors of episodes have ended up being on our podcast. That certainly could be you if you were interested. And we would appreciate that. And we'd appreciate you supporting podcasting in general. You probably are since you're listening to this. But here's a podcast that we love. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, jock and Nerd!
and we is back next episode speaking of uh you know rock and roll people often have big hair our next episode is going to be the mount rushmore of big hair so if you've liked this episode tune in one week from today you gotta wait a week i'm sorry Unless you unless we you pay us enough to actually come to your house, yeah, and do an episode, <laughs> well, that's which our, we will do. Our Patreon is we actually come to your house, yeah, <laughs> and record it for a while, and then you know what? You pay we'll us more. Then you, we don't leave. You pay what, us more and we leave. Whether you're there or not, we'll bring in your mail. Junius to feed the cat. <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, in this gig economy, we are so desperate. <laughs> we're so desperate. We need a ride to the airport. Uh, we like Bjork are driving Uber on the side, and I expect a lot of commentary about this episode. Yeah. This one in particular, I feel like there should be a lot of debate about it on our Facebook page, yeah. on our social media. Also, if you want me to debate you about w- whether or not Green Day should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, oh. I am more than happy to to, to uh, yell at you for 20 minutes about why they shouldn't be in there. Okay. So, just so you know. All right. Uh, Mike Cole has let us know his second. Richard will start with his third. All right. So, my third choice are the Pixies. Okay. Um, so, if Croftwork are the... Um, fathers of electronic music then the pixies are probably the fathers and mother of indie rock um they basically invented the whole con i don't want to say they invented it but they they they, they, they went took... down to the lab drew up a bunch of <laughs> equations i think it was on dexter's laboratory actually <laughs> i'm thinking of an episode of that um the whole loud quiet loud sound dynamic mm-hmm. which is something that nirvana i mean kurt Cobain was very open about like yeah we basically that was what we took for our sound. Mm. Yeah, you know, that that whole concept. Again, another band that wasn't hugely commercially successful in their time, but in terms of you know, it's sort of like that. There's the Velvet Underground where it's like you know they only sold twenty thousand records, yeah. but each every band that, or every person who bought it mm-hmm. started a band. Mm-hmm. I think I feel the same way about the Pixies. You listen yeah. to what happened to alternative music in the '90s through today, and you can hear that Pixies influence so much in that. I mean they those first four albums they had were just they're just great all the way through mm-hmm. and they unlike i think so much music of that era which can sound kind of dated i mean you listen to grunge for example and i, I to me i think there's a little bit of date, a dated element to it i don't get that with the pixies i feel like that you could release you know monkey gone to heaven on rock radio today and would probably find a place It'd probably find more of a place today than it did, you know, 25 years ago. Yeah. Do you feel like influence is always important? Like if somebody was the first at something like uh, Friendster, uh, but then didn't take it to its logical conclusion or didn't do as much with it, is that still important? If you had a social media hall of fame or a website hall, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, Friendster type thing. Yeah, I think so. I think that you wouldn't, would you have had a Facebook if you didn't have, you know, live journal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. So in that context, yes, I don't think you can tell the story of social media. It doesn't just start with Facebook. Yeah. So I think you have to be able to tell that story with these things that came before it, even if there are things like MySpace that or live journal or what have you that eventually faded and mm-hmm. are in obscurity now. Okay. But I'm, yeah, I'm a big believer in, in, that in being influential within your time frame, I mean, the Pixies were a beloved band. David, they're like Bowie's favorite band mm. in the eighties and nineties. He, he's appeared in document. He appeared in documentaries talking about this. Yeah. Um, hmm. 
So I think that's important being influential in your time, but then also being influential after your time. And I think that's partially why that they wait so long to induct bands. Yeah, maybe. Because you don't really know how influential a band, uh, influential a band is going to be until you've got some time to sort of see how the, you know, how their music wears over time. I mean, Bay City Rollers probably would have been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if you just took a snapshot of 1978 or something like that. How so. many albums did the uh, Pixies put out? Um, Three, not counting the new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's like a, I think it's like five. Okay. So they didn't put out a. T- I mean, they, you know, they had about a seven or eight year run because I know they took some time off in the late '80s when they were starting to fall apart. Then they yeah. came back together. So I think you and I are really synced up in terms of how we think about these people that should go in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or or that aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Because my third choice, I'm going to just jump in right now, the Smiths, are very much sure. along the same uh, influence-type track line as the Pixies, except for, Britain. except for you know, kind of indie rock in Britain and Britpop. Everyone that came after them was like, oh, yeah, well, we are just huge fans of the Smiths. Yeah. They influenced everything we did, whether it was like a band like Oasis mm-hmm. or blur or you jump ahead to america and a band like the decemberists very mm-hmm. specifically you know like colin malloy and like just the the songwriting and the lyrics the lyrics of like morrissey and mar were just so different from everything else and i think they too had such a short shelf life they were only around from like 83 or 84 till 87 although they were like a big singles band they were like one of those bands that it like were around within like the British music yeah. system where like they always had to have a single mm-hmm. out. So they mm-hmm. put out a lot of like singles and singles yeah. with B sides. Those are like that was the most important thing is yeah. it's always like a single coming out. But I think that and they never had like the huge American crossover thing either. They're very concentrated, very beloved within their own mm-hmm. thing. And I think that that kind of builds into like the myth making of a band you know i think the only time you'll see the smiths get back together is if they were eventually inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame although i even doubt i wonder if morsey would even show up he doesn't show up to his own shows now (laughs) exactly that's right um i don't know i think that they are just i listen to a lot of british music and just so influential within that and you know the pixies are probably just hand in hand on how much they influence some other mm-hmm. let me ask you this we mentioned the cure finally being inducted this mm-hmm. year which mm-hmm. i think was a long overdue oversight and if they would not have been on this year they probably would have made my list um which do you think that they should have gone in before the smiths uh there's no they're so different i because i know you're a big fan of both bands i their one their, their music is so vastly different robert smith is just such a weird guy not looks wise but just in terms of he's like this weird like kind of rock and roll rock god Mm -hmm. very pure uh in that sense but i don't know they had such a they've had such a long career as a band like they've had such a weird long legacy they're the band that they're they're the they're the version of the hitter that gets like three thousand hits because they've been doing it for twenty years. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we saw them a couple years ago at the Hollywood Bowl, and they still put on like three hour concerts. Yeah, and like they're all they're just perfect. They sound perfect. 
Um, I don't know, but I, I don't think that the cure, I'm, I'm couching it within the terms of like being influential. I don't think the cure was as influential as the Smiths. It's interesting. I thought along those same lines, it's like, I think they're both influential, probably the Smiths more so. Yeah. But certainly the cure were more uh, commercially successful. Yeah. And from that standpoint, they were probably had more chances to be influential. Just yeah. Very bombastic. People, had people, a lot more. People in middle, kids in middle America listen to disintegration. When they never probably did, who never probably listened to the Smiths, or if they did, it was probably because they started out yeah. down the path by listening to well, speaking disintegration. Of, as a representative of middle middle America, the cure I heard in senior year of high school and the Smiths I didn't hear till college. So, yeah. Senior year of high school, what year was that? 87, 86, 87. 86, 87. So yeah. it was before disintegration. That was Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me era. Yeah, you were listening to Friday. Uh, no, to no. Um, Why Can't I Be You? Mm-hmm. That was. Was this also? I don't what year there was a death myth or a death hoax for Robert W. Smith too. Mm. I I just remember Tabitha Soren or somebody on EV- <laughs> MTV talking about the rumor that Robert W. Smith has died too. I don't remember anything like that for Morrissey breaking through in the U.S. I, I will tell you this: um, if you get a chance, go on YouTube, and I'll try to post this on social media this week. <laughs> Um, there is a video of when this not Smith when Morrissey was on the Tonight Show mm-hmm. with Johnny. Carson. Oh yeah, have you, have you seen this? Well, yeah. When he's, I I've actually been listening to a Tonight Show podcast and they talk oh, about really? trying to keep fans of certain artists out of the studio because they're afraid they'll disrupt the rest of the show. And which that's is what, what happened yeah, with yeah. Morrissey. He basically their his fans just basically turned it into Ed Sullivan Beatles. And just wouldn't. Bill Cosby was the main guest. Yeah. Iron, I know, it's yeah. ironic, but looking back on it now, ugh. but the, he basically they bas- he basically they him and Johnny Carson spent their whole time ripping on Morrissey fans because they were just being so loud and just wanting Morrissey to. If you lined up outside, which the Smiths fans did, you'd be the ones to get in that night, and and so a guy like Cosby or somebody who does this comedy routine that normally kills among your average Americans. Right. Is dying on yeah, stage. Yeah, it was like literally right the worst now. choice you could have possibly had. Yeah. Your main guest yeah. Although I'm not sure, since I would assume Jello pops are <laughs> vegan. Maybe oh, there's dairy, probably. Mm-hmm. No good. Okay, cool choice. Okay, Richard. All right, my th- my last choice is if Craftwork uh, were the uh, fathers of electronic music, and the Pixies were the fathers of indie rock. And Nine Inch Nails were the fathers of industrial rock. A lot of dads here. Well, dad rock. <laughs> yeah. uh, then the probably the fathers of modern heavy metal were Judas Priest. Um, I think even more so than a band like Black Sabbath or Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. I think you can really take a look at you know British Steel and some of those from those out al- that album on, you know their '80s output especially. Everything that they had visually, musically. I would argue is probably more influential to what we consider to be heavy metal today than a lot of these other bands, you know, Sabbath's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Zeppelin's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and absolutely they were foundational. Um, But Judas Priest, you've got Rob Halford, you know, you got just the way he looked, Hmm. the kind of metal and studs and Mm -hmm. leather, and picture a metal band in your head, they look like Judas Priest. And, you know, musically, you know, you got Rob Halford with this like operatic type voice, which means he actually had singing ability which kind of set them apart from a lot of other metal bands of their time. 
and you've got like this dual guitar attack and this driving but melodic sort of melodies. You can you just see their influence on everything from Van Halen to Metallica, and they put out some great music. I'm I'm not a heavy metal person necessarily, but I can appreciate the hell out of Judas Priest. Hmm. I I'm sure this is a good choice. I cannot name off the top of my head a Judas Priest song. I'm sure if you played something for me, I'd be like, oh yeah, I know that. But it's funny how some bands that just happen to somehow not fill that sort of, like, I I don't know. I didn't grow up listening to heavy metal. Sure. But always knew the name Judas Priest. Yeah, and you would. Isn't that, I mean, that's so strange to be like, oh, yes, this is the, uh, this famous <laughs> metal band. Yeah. And then it's be like, yeah, I, uh, what's what song do they play? I don't know. I don't uh, know the no. name of the band. That's yeah, a, that's an own. That's a, a level of fame that transcends even just their music. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, breaking the law. You watched. You watched Beavis and Butthead. You at least know breaking the law. I breaking kn- the law. Breaking the yes, law. Yes, I I know it by them. Si- exactly. by, by them singing it. The the best the best friend of metal bands everywhere. Beavis and Butthead. So, uh, Michael, what is your final? Uh, my last one. Listen, he's been making music since 1983. Making me laugh since 1984. Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, oh wow. Why isn't Weird Al in the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame? I got, puts, no, I got no answer for that one. <laughs> Come on. He has been, uh, he has been um, proficient at mocking all of these clowns <laughs> since his first release. Is there anybody else who takes kind of a situation? I think of like... I don't you know. There's, Alan Sherman. Yeah, Alan know. Sherman. Well, are there other acts that Spike, the original Spike Jones? Well, like 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 Fountains of Wayne or 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 uh, what what's what's their heads? Weezer have kind of a satirical kind of bent. Yeah, you they've, know. they've turned into I don't know. Why aren't the Ruddles in the Rock? Why aren't the Ruddles? Um, but I I think he, I mean, he's probably in the accordion. Hall of Fame, or at least the Polka Hall of Fame. Yeah. Him and Frankie Yankovic, yeah. they, they just have a Y wing and then the rest. Of you think that's the response to him that he gets? Like, listen, you're probably in some kind of silly accordion Hall of Fame. You're in Dr. Demon Toe's Hall of Fame. I don't know. Is uh, He operates in such a very distinct cloud of his own <laughs> weird owlness and maybe that's because he does a lot of parody songs and he doesn't write necessarily that music himself <laughs> maybe that's why you think what what you makes think? you think he should be is because because he's a gadfly to he's kind of the satirist that takes entertainment I, down a peg or i something? always i think he is one of those he's punk in a way i you know who he's, i you know i always think of i think of i think it was nirvana who was like they're like you know how we made we knew we made it yeah okay is when Weird Al lampooned our song and I think he represents a certain he's I don't a know. barometer for yes. what's popular right now that is yes and he oh, kind of has been for thirty for thirty years. years yeah so I don't know I, maybe this is a stupid choice and he's never gonna go in and like <laughs> I think that induction ceremony would be just it would be Doctor Demento standing up there and like introducing him right uh, maybe or Rivers Cuomo hmm. if there was best friend. if there was the scientific technical version of the Hall of Fame <laughs> where they they in, they inducted the nerds that uh, <laughs> that did important things but we're not gonna put them in prime time uh, for uh, developments in. Uh, 
that little P guard, that pop guard yeah. that goes in front of the microphones. Yeah. We have... Uh, in the sound check category. <laughs> roadie. Where's the roadie? roadie. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought of this and I was like, oh, this is, um, this is a stupid band. Yes, yes. Yes, we all agree on the ocean. New Order is one of those bands. Depeche Mode, another band. Joy Division. Yeah, you know what? I think New Order is more deserving than Joy Division. I think that's the influential versus. It's almost like the Smiths versus Cure argument. Yeah. Because um, Joy Division, I think that they've wrote the best song sure. they, that has ever been written in, term, in terms of rock and roll. I think Level Terrace Apart is the best song that has ever been written. I don't know but, if it's the best, but it's kind of a perfect song. Yes, least. perfect is a, a good way. But like New Order is just like a better band and better musicians. On the um, snubs list, it's funny that Big Star, which is like the the rock, the rock r- nerd, nerd, ger- yeah, darlings and replacements, mm-hmm. and King Crimson, which are all like super rock nerd kind of kind of bands. Yeah, I, I, I'm as big of a Big Star fan as you'll find. Yeah. I, I waffle on them. I'd love to see them in. I certainly yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be against it, but I can see why they're not in. Yeah, I mean. The ultimate cult band. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so what is? Uh, so this year is what uh, twenty five years from this year to nineteen ninety four. Yeah. What were big ninety four albums that came out? We're giving Jeff time to uh, to make his decision. Oh, yeah. okay. Jeff is just <laughs> no. I'm just gonna pull some shit out of my. Oh, okay. Um, Weezer came out their first album. Mm-hmm. Are they a Hall of Fame? Let's see. Biggest hit, biggest hit singles of nineteen ninety four. Top ten best albums of the year. Uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace. Was that his first album? That's his only one. Mm. Uh, you point. said Weezer. <laughs> he did. He all. Um, you said Weezer. Yeah. Uh, Oasis is definitely maybe. Yeah. Uh, which I know they're eligible. I, I think it's next year. Okay. So I would, I would be very disappointed if they didn't. Yeah. I think make it. They'll make it just for the induction. The big kick-ass fight they'll have at the in- induction on oh, stage. Oh sure, they haven't had a real good controversy. <laughs> Like, like you know, one of those like Van Halen type deals in a while. Yeah. That would be great. Who's who's the lead singer? Is it Liam or Noel? I never know. I think it's Noel. Noel. Liam's the so older is, brother. Or is whatever. Noel going to make Liam induct him? Yeah. <laughs> like, just really... Uh, Oasis is a good one. Yeah, they, they, they should definitely be in. How about Dummy from... How about Portishead? No. No. Okay, let's go with Nine Inch Nails. All right. Kabing! Um... I think because she's not, she's the only female solo artist on here, and we don't want to be a sausage fest. Be Jork, Bjork, and I'm a huge, huge Smiths fan. So you just kind of won my heart there. And then uh, I do think the problem with some of these uh, genres. Um, that are kind of outside the pop mainstream is that people, a lot of voters can't even discern the two, discern them from each other, but for acknowledging the influence that a Judas Priest had on the uh, genre of metal, heavy that is, um, pick that one. So, right on, guys. Oh my God, guys, I got this envelope in the mail. Oh, it's like from the Podcast Hall of Fame uh, election insert, committee. Insert wrestling. Oh my God. This is- Noises yeah. that I find for free online. <laughs> oh, oh! This they're asking if we could bring set up some microphones to record. <laughs> oh, oh! I thought we were gonna. 
know, we hey, just I'll record. Take it. That's okay. We're it's, in the big time. We're now, in the big boys. time, guys. Uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore of uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame snubs. I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. Bye.